Hello and welcome to another James Bond podcast. On this podcast, we will be watching and lightheartedly reviewing the Bond films. We're going to discuss the good stuff, the bad stuff, the cool stuff, and the ridiculous stuff. I'm Corey, and I'm a James Bond fan. And I'm Danielle, and I'm aware that James Bond is a thing. I always want to say another. <laughs> welcome back, everyone, to a new episode of another James Bond podcast. Oh, you want to say another episode of another James yeah, Bond podcast? Yeah, and then yeah. you're always like, no. I think in our last episode, we had said we were going to do The Living Daylights, but we decided that we were going to take a little sort of side... Left turn. Left turn. Yeah, actually, yeah, we'll go with left turn. That's accurate. Uh, left turn sort of sidebar, and we decided to watch Never Say Never Again. Do we have regrets? Listen to find out. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's get started. 1983's Never Say Never Again. We should probably point out here um, that we are aware that this isn't officially part of what most aficionados of Bond consider the actual franchise. Yes. Um, So we do know that, but we thought it would be fun to sort of... (laughs) I was going to say revisit it. Quote, unquote, fun. I guess revisit isn't incorrect because it's basically a remake of uh, Thunderball. Yes. So it's kind of like revisiting something we've already seen. Um, so that's why we call yeah. it a left turn. We are aware it's not technically part of the canonic <laughs> films. So please don't email us about it or we'll block you. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> After MI6 agent James Bond fails a routine training exercise, his superior, M, orders Bond to a health clinic outside London to get back into shape. While there, Bond witnesses a mysterious nurse named Fatima Blush giving a sadomasochistic beating to a patient in a nearby room. The man's face is bandaged, and after Blush finishes her beating, Bond sees the patient using a machine which scans his eye. Bond is seen by Blush, who sends an assassin, Lippy, Lippy's brother? To kill him in the gym, to kill him in the clinic gym, but Bond manages to kill Lippy. I can appreciate that they didn't shy away from the fact that Connery's no spring chicken in this. Yeah, we we meet up with Bond and he's doing this training inf- um, training session where he has to infiltrate a base and rescue a lady tied down to a bed. And it kind of goes pretty quickly. Like often, if you watch a Bond film or the ones we've watched so far. Um, there'll be a little bit of action, but it's not like sort of, um, thing after thing after thing. It's just like, okay, you break into a room and you rescue the lady or you scale a wall to get to the top. But it's just one thing after another in this scene where he kills a guard, he jumps a wall, he like fires a grenade into a room. So, well, even, even Tanner, I I think his name is Tanner in this one. I think he even points out, oh, a minute and 47. Uh, so he does it really quick. So it is kind of like a, a pre-title, pre-title not pre-title kind of thing because it's not a pre-title. Yeah. But it is sort of post or pre-story. A few things about that I thought were really good um, or I thought were interesting. He was wearing sneakers, which I was like, that's very not tactical, but he's sneaking. So makes sense. They're quiet. Yeah. Just like Grandpa Simpson says. On one of my frequent trips to the ground, 
I noticed Malloy wore sneakers. For sneaking! I remember reading, maybe it was like Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys when I was a kid, and they'd always talk about the person wearing rubber-soled shoes, and I was like, oh, I wonder what those are. Because they were quiet, yeah. not really cluing in that most of the shoes I had at that point <laughs> in my life were rubber-soled. Nice. I was kind of surprised that it was a training sequence, because it looked pretty real. He was punching people, which I guess you have to take a punch if you're going to be... In, in the, the field. In the field, I guess. Yeah. It was interesting not having the naked ladies opening um, credits. Yeah. I did appreciate that. What I didn't appreciate was the theme song. What? It was terrible. I mean, 10 times better than Thunderball. Thunderball? I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, like... <laughs> I, I actually don't. Other than it saying never say never again, I don't remember anything about it. Never, never, never. Never say never. It was awful. It was bad. It was really bad. Could I get another few bars? No. Yeah, it was It was gross. It was, it was pretty terrible. Yeah, I, I thought, oh man, I almost died when he said that. I'm like, Thunderball is amazing. What are you <laughs> no, talking about? No, I'm just about? kidding. It was very forgetful. Um, so we find out that Bond was just on a training exercise and he failed because he did get stabbed by the person he was trying to rescue. So I guess a Stockholm Syndrome kind of thing was happening there. Yes. Yeah. It, they said that uh, M had said that she may have been brainwashed in that eight-week period. So basically M berates Bond because he isn't the agent that I guess his reputation says that he would be or he hasn't lived up to the potential that he had built up for himself. Yeah. But Bond fires back with, you haven't been using double O's and I've been teaching for quite a while now. So what do you expect? The teaching angle I really like because, you know, he's old at this point. He's, well, I think, what is it, 52? Mm. Um, and well, if, Connery's 52. I don't know how yeah. old Bond was supposed to be. 82. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, the life expectancy for double O, I think, is, is like 40. They're supposed to retire at 40. So here's a man who's like 52, but he's also, but I really like the, the teaching angle. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Like, oh, well, he's old. He's kind of washed up. They're not doing the double O thing anymore. So they have him teaching. It's like, that's very, very, it's a really smart um, story choice, I think. We have to be careful with the old because we had this discussion while we were watching the film about that you were saying that Connery looked way older than Daniel Craig does now, who mm -hmm. is 52. Something like that. Around yeah. in his 50s. And I honestly, like, if you look at Connery's face, I still think he, I still think he actually looks good um he looks his age i think because of the way his hair is cut the way he's dressed and all of that we do see him as looking much older but i don't think he looks bad for his age and he's trim and fit like he's still believable as an agent he's way more fit in this than he is in diamonds are forever oh yeah he's like he's kind of getting big time like you're like wow he actually looks really he looks super good in the film and yeah. they didn't overdo his hair piece or anything like he is it's it's, it's thinning. thinning yeah but it's very it fits him perfectly like it, it's not overdone i mean i'm just saying he looks i i personally don't think like, I think Daniel Craig at his age looks way better than Connery did at 52. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's aging much better. But at the same time, like, look at Lazenby at 29. Like, Lazenby looked much older than 29 when he was doing Honor Majesty's Secret Service. I just, I find all these guys look so much older than they actually Well, that, I were. mean, if you look at an old yearbook from the 70s, you're usually going to find that 
the people in them look much older than their actual age. And I think that's true for men and women. But I think a lot of it is just looking through a lens of today, looking back. Like I think in 50 years from now, when people look at us, they're probably going to have a pretty, um, pretty much the same thought. So why is it that we're aging better? I don't think we are. I feel like we are. I just think we're wearing better clothes and taking better care of our bodies. Therefore, in our 40s, we probably look somewhat better. But I don't think we're not like when you look at people in their 20s, 50 years ago, they look a lot older. But I think that has to do with their haircuts, their clothes, the fact that they already had seven children, things like that. (laughs) They're already worn down. Yeah. I mean, my only like beauty regime is using a vintage style razor and using water and friction on my face instead of soap so i don't think i'm doing anything water and what friction oh i thought you said fiction i might have i'll say friction again so i can (laughs) cut that in later friction one more time and friction um i'm not going to reveal my beauty regime clearly it's working magnificently um so i'm just going to keep that to myself well i mean i am older than you but i think i look terrifically older than you you do yeah yeah a lot of a lot of wrinkles (laughs) A lot of sun exposure. Um, back to Bond. <laughs> he, uh, he's told that the reason he's performed so poorly on his training exercises and that he's not doing great is what exactly? The new radicals. No, that's a band. Um, it's the free ones. Yeah, right. Free Radicals. So, I mean, Free Radicals are a thing. It wasn't a bad album either. And really what he's saying, I think there's a lot of Free Radicals in Red Meat. Yep. Possibly also alcohol. Like, I think... Yeah, alcohol, red meat, Yeah. cocaine, whatever. So he wasn't wrong about that, but it was just like an odd thing to blame like not diet and exercise is the problem but the free radicals you're consuming yeah i mean all the toxins in his body is what you know basically what he got around to saying but you're like what about the fact that he's you know 52 and he's trying to do things a younger man would like that could be it maybe he just needs to train a little harder or whatever but yeah no free radicals so the solution for that is sending bond to sugar bush health spa <laughs> shrublands okay but sugar bush is a better name or if it was Thunderball, it'd be like Rape Camp. <laughs> yeah. I actually have notes about that. <laughs> <laughs> but we meet uh, this rendition of Money Penny. Ugh, no. It's not the same, eh? They make her silly. Yeah, a little bit. Because... I mean, she's she's still kind of cute, but she doesn't really have that same charm that Lois Maxwell had. Yeah, it's that lack of sharpness that's yeah. missing. Because I can't remember, he said something that the problem is free radicals. And I forget what she responds, but it's something like dumb. Yeah. And that's not the usual money penny. Like she's very tongue in cheek, joking, but, but she knows what's what. Yeah, she doesn't. This money penny doesn't need that sharpness. She doesn't need that edge because Bond isn't really coming on to her. He's just being like, "Oh, hey, like this is what the boss said." Off I go. And also, it's one film, so that relationship we're not going to see again. Yeah. It's it's not something that really needs to be cultivated. And how awful did you think M was? Not great. <laughs> okay, I touch on that many times throughout this. Um, so he's off to Sugarbush. Yeah. 
He pulls up in front of uh, Sugarbush, as you're going to call it, in the Bentley, which is obviously a metaphor for Sean's failing body. Because the guy's <laughs> like, oh, they don't make them like this anymore. He's like, oh, but it's still in good shape. It's still in pretty good shape. <laughs> still, in, still right. in pretty good shape. And then next he's on the on the table being examined. And like, oh, your body has a lot of scars. Oh, it's still in good shape. <laughs> like, Okay, we get it. Yeah, it's still in pretty good shape. I'm still in pretty good shape. So I have to say I really missed Connery's one-liners. Roger just does not do it the same way. Connery pulls them off way better. It's just a certain amount of, I don't care if they work. Yeah. A certain amount of confidence and a certain amount of, I don't care if my one-liners work or not, that he's like, eh, here you I, go. I, like, I feel like they're funnier, but I think it's just the delivery. Well, I think, yeah, I think they might be a little bit funnier too, but... Yeah. With with Roger, it's almost with Roger. His one liners to me are almost the same as Know It All Bond. It's like, oh, look at me, I'm being mm. super intelligent. Look at all the things I know. And and when Roger does one liners, it's almost like, oh, look, I'm being funny. Yeah. Oh, laugh at me. <laughs> but I don't really laugh at them that much. Um, he then immediately pulls that same line with the doctors. The doctors giving him his medical and says he's full of scars and. Yeah. Still in pretty good Still shape. Still in pretty good shape. Although I noted at this point, he looks an awful lot like Ben Kingsley at this point. Connery? Yeah. I find he looks a little like younger Ben Kingsley. I thought Fatima kind of looked like Princess Leia a little bit. Oh, like really? A darker version. Hmm. Yeah. Didn't notice. The long hair and like the similar face shape a little bit. Okay. Well, we do have that really good one-liner. Speaking of one-liners, um, oh, Mr. Bond, I'm going to need you to fill this beaker. And he's like, oh, from here? Yeah, and the, well, also the beaker is enormous. <laughs> it's like a liter, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. And they keep wanting to give him colonics and irrigations <laughs> and like enough with the butt stuff. Which he doesn't actually balk at at all. He doesn't sort of make any gestures. He just like, mm, whatever. I was kind of surprised. And like, he's surprised he's not like riddling those scenes with jokes. And, like, because it is like a lot of butt stuff, but he doesn't really. Or being of... a little hesitant. Yeah. There's nothing. He's just like, whatever. Like, he's just taking it all in stride. Or. He's going to find a way out of it. I'm pretty sure if I went to a spa and they were like, you have an 8 a.m. colonic, I'd be like, no, I don't. Yeah. I'd be like, where's the bar? You're going to do my nails and I'll take a facial, please. But that's <laughs> yeah. it. There you go. So while Bond is at Shrublands, we see uh, a scene with Fatima and she goes into the sort of more modern Spectre uh, hideout with the safety deposit box and the two keys. I really like that. That was really well done. Yeah. Nicely modern. Yeah. Um, you know, I really liked it in Thunderball, too. I thought it looked really great then, but uh, this has sort of aged well. I do like the sets on this film, for sure. I think everything looks pretty good. And we see Max von Sydow's Blofeld, the goatee and the cat. I didn't care for him. It didn't really do much. He didn't really have that sort of menacing... I think in Thunderball, he sort of had the feeling like he had his hands and everything, and this guy's yeah. kind of like just whatever. The cat was cute. Which is, I haven't, I haven't known about that. Basically, I figured the cats are always drugged uh, for these films because they always sit really nice and they don't really do anything. You're like, but our new cats sit really nice. There you go. We have our fostering cats right now, and they sit really nice too. So, and they need on your shoulder as well, just like uh, Blofeld's cat did. I'm like, he looks pretty happy and alert. So maybe I was wrong. In that Spectre scene, though, we do get to see Maximilian Largo for the first time. Yeah. In his big 70s rapist glasses. Yeah. Were weird. But you don't really get a good beat on him. He's just there. Whatever. I'm just done. We've done the storyline before. I'm just like moving forward. They did make some interesting changes that I didn't have a problem with, though. I don't think I really... I mean, and we'll discuss this at the end, but I didn't... I didn't 
dislike the movie. It just kind of left me kind of, ugh, yeah. it was fine. I do find it an interesting, yeah, we'll get into it later. <laughs> so we cut back to Shrublands. Bond is meeting with his chiropractor, which I really like that scene. But I do tend to like scenes where Bond's getting roughed up, so... Yeah, she, she's not really taking any crap from him. I do appreciate that they made this version of the whole shrublands uh, back and forth less rapey yeah. than the other one. It's like they realize it's the 80s, things have moved forward. This probably is inappropriate. I mean, it was inappropriate then, and it's definitely not acceptable now. So, yeah. I mean... I mean, there was a little bit later where he kind of tugs her into his room against her will, but that's like, as soon as she's in, she's happy to be there. So it's yeah, not yeah. really... I did notice he like quickly goes and locks the door though. <laughs> You're like, no, oh, he's trapping her in there, but the key is on the inside. So I just thought it was funny. Like, wow, oh, he's really making sure he's locking the door. Yeah. I took it more because she said, if I get caught here, I'm going to get fired. And yeah. he said, I'm not going to let you get caught. So I think it was more to make sure that no one just popped into the room. He's got a good one. He has a good one liner there too. He's like, oh, there's better therapies for, there's better therapy for a man's lower back. And she's like, oh, what is that? And then <laughs> wrenches him. Bends him over and cracks his back. <laughs> yeah. Love it. She really wasn't having it at first. We see Bond in his room and she heads over to deliver supper. Which she was still sort of playing by the rules and she was giving him like a healthy meal. Uh, Rice, dandelion salad, and something else. Lentils or something? Yeah, lentils. Yeah. Lentil surprise or lentils. Lentil surprise, maybe? (laughs) Surprise. Yeah. But he uh, he decides he's going to get out a case of unrefrigerated meat and cheese. Uh, oh, no, to, I think that case was refrigerated. Well, I assume it was from Q, so it could be. Yeah, yeah. I just He wouldn't drink his vodka room temperature. No way. <laughs> I guess if you order like a like a champagne bucket for the vodka, they'd probably be onto him pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. So he's got caviar, he's got foie gras, he's got absolute vodka, yeah. which really is not the fanciest uh, vodka. But... It was like Smirnoff, I thought, wasn't it? I thought it was absolute. Yeah, whatever. Vodka. Vodka flavor. Vodka, vodka that, yeah, vodka that I drank when I was 16. There you go. It's just, I just like that it's a very long step away from the attache case he gets in From Russia With Love. The contents are a little different. <laughs> a little different, yeah. But pretty effective in the scene, I guess. So that scene goes exactly as you would suspect where um, he gives her some foie gras and then they make sweet, sweet love. Yeah, works every time apparently. As they're lying amorously in bed, there's a kerfuffle in the next room. And I turn round, they've gone! Oh, it's a right kerfuffle! Yeah, Captain Jack Sparrow's getting the shit kicked out of him. So, Bond goes over to get a peek. Also, why do women sleep so soundly in every Bond film? She's like lying across his chest. He doesn't super delicately move her off and she doesn't wake up. I don't understand. She's exhausted. He's worn her out. Oh, is that what it is? I wouldn't think he could sleep on his chest with all that chest hair, but whatever. He heads out to check out what the kerfuffle is. It's a right kerfuffle. Captain Jack Patachi. And he's being beaten up by his nurse, who's an agent of Spectre. Yeah, that's Fatima Blush. So Bond is spying in the room trying to see what's going on, and he kind of gets a look at the guy sticking his eye in some kind of a machine, but then accidentally he accidentally pulls the blinds up um, and tries to beat a hasty retreat yeah they mentioned in that scene how he's got the eye basically they faked as a fakes the president's retina they kind of you can kind of hear them talking about it quietly and bond's just sort of watching and then 
They get a really great night vision shot where Connery thinks he's not being watched. And then she's like, oh, that's 007. So they're on to him pretty quickly. We flash to the next morning and Bond does tell the doctor he did not sleep. And he gets prescribed an herbal enema. As like punishment for not sleeping? I don't know. <laughs> to relax him? Ugh. Not, not up and Yeah, I mean, we're going to give you an herbal enema. I don't think you'd be relaxed hearing that. What kind of herbs are in that exactly? Uh, who knows? And why can I not just take them orally is my next question. <laughs> but then he, uh, we cut to Bond in the gym and he's um, doing some weights. There's a floor scrubber there. The floor scrubber or the janitor using the floor scrubber gets sort of choked out. Mm-hmm. And then I guess it's Lippy there to kill Bond. So the the weight bar gets dropped on Bond's, on Bond's chest and Lippy pretends he's going to help but then just smashes it down again. Fight, fight, fight. It was that really great bit where he kicks Lippy in the head and then wheels back on his back and then puts his feet under the bar to free his neck. Love that little sequence. Kick, gets his own feet up really quick, lifts the bar and then hops out, mm-hmm. grabs a bar to, or something. I think it was like a like a spring bar thing. At Anyways. one point he was wielding dumbbells. I do you remember that? Yeah, he threw a dumbbell at Lippy's chest, which didn't do anything. And it was only he... an eight pounder. <laughs> okay well we'll get to, we'll get the eight pounder here and we'll throw it at your chest and see how you do there's a lot of padding yeah <laughs> cut that out <laughs> i did like the fight though i thought it was really good it kind of mm-hmm. delivered a few little chuckles as they like roll by they're fighting through the seniors and the seniors are like watching you know the the fight on tv and bond and lippy are ducking and weaving and then the seniors like oh yeah look they look back at him and he's sort of like oh whatever and then they keep going yeah it was fun they basically fight across the whole building <laughs> yeah, they trashed the place yeah. and end up in the kitchen or maybe it was i guess it was in the kitchen probably the lab well they did they, they did go through the kitchen and then they end up going to a lab or like a specimen room right where bond just grabs a bottle of liquid <laughs> which he throws at lippy who smashes against a wall and starts screaming and then dies and you're like what did he just throw in his face what did he just throw in his face? Bond's urine sample. James Bond. He, he looks at the beaker, says James Bond on it, and then he rolls it around and says urine sample. It's like, it's like urine sample is just like so potent <laughs> that it kills Lippy on impact. And then... For a second, you're like, why did it kill him? Well, for a second, Bond is like, am I really that toxic? And then, of course, Lippy falls and you see that he was impaled on a beaker. And then Britney Spears rushes in and starts singing Toxic. No. Is it even a Britney Spears song? It is, yeah. Christina? No, it was Britney. Okay. Because what was that? Uh, you listened to a cover of that the other day? Oh, that was the surf guitar. Right. The surfer jets. Right. Which is really good. Blush and her charge, a United States Air Force pilot named Jack Pitachi, are operatives of Spectre, a criminal organization run by Blofeld. Pitachi has undergone an operation on his right eye to make it match the retinal pattern of the U.S. president, which he uses to circumvent iris recognition security at the fictitious 
RAF station Swadley, an American military base in England. While doing so, he replaces the dummy warheads of two cruise missiles with live nuclear warheads. Spectre then steals the warheads, in intending to extort billions of dollars from NATO governments. Blush murders Pitachi by causing his car to crash and explode to cover Spectre's tracks. A lot of this we talked about already with the eye and that happening. Yeah, it kind of did sort of blend over. Did you notice the claw machine picking up the nukes? I did, yeah. It was like very much like arcade claw machine. It even has like the coily cable that like goes to the control box and the end of the cable. It's like, is this a model? Like, I, Yeah. It would have been great if the claw had picked it up and then dropped it and then picked it up and dropped it and then picked it up and then cut it. And then you had to put another quarter in? Yeah, pretty much. Um, essentially, what happens is because Jack is able, he, he has that fake eye or that modified eye, he's able to change the codes for the missile. So instead of being dummies, they load up um, real missiles. Yeah. Also, did you notice how sexy the computer voice was? No, I didn't. So it basically says the warheads are replaced with whatever. Ship will self-destruct in exactly 10 seconds. <laughs> Counting down. 10, 9, 8, 6. 6? What happened to 7? Just kidding. There's the other end! Faster! It's like a sexy computer voice and it ends with a, have a nice day. And you're like, really? Why are you talking like that? This is serious business. That's not how you talk. You'll hear a voice like that again when we finally get around to watching Spaceballs. One day. Unbeknownst to the US military, they're no longer dummy warheads. Yeah, it does the switch. They get away with it and they all sort of flee. So now it's time to get rid of Captain Jack. Jack. And they do it uh, the obvious way, the way you would think they would. Yeah, I mean, what better way to crash a car and kill somebody by tossing a snake in their lap? Like, what? But it's not even the snake that kills him. No. He no, crashes, just... he's unconscious, and then she puts a, um, the nurse puts a bomb in his car, takes the snake back, and the car explodes. So it's neither the snake nor the car crash that ends him. Yeah. This was very convoluted and complicated. Yeah, it's not the most efficient plot, really. Anyway, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> he's dead. He's a goner. I do like the different twist on, like, the missiles. Like, they sort of just land the cruise missiles on the water. They collect them or whatever. It's very, very different than Thunderball. Like, I like the fact that they remade Thunderball, but definitely changed the plot compared to the original movie, so you're not just watching the exact same movie over again. Yeah, they changed some bits and pieces. I mean, this very... is... I like the Thunderball method more, but this is interesting to me, like how they how they did it and what they came up with. Yeah, it wasn't th bad. This one seriously lacked shorts. Like there are no short shorts at all that I remember. <laughs> um, so that was lacking for me. But there is a scene or two with some shorts. Not short shorts. Yeah, and the robe was way too long. You had the matching towel though. Towel, True. Towel matched the robe. I will give you that. Yeah, I think you can still buy that actually. If I'm not mistaken. The uh, the scene with NATO is very Austin Powers. Yeah. The, like, they even had the screen where he talked to him and, and did the ransom thing. And... Right, because in Austin Powers, they show the thing blowing up and everyone's freaking out because they think he actually yeah, blew yeah. them up. So they actually show, like, with the explosion. Yeah, it's right out of Austin Powers, except for it's not Tim Robbins as the U.S. president. Austin Powers just takes this scene and runs with it. 
There's a few Austin Powers moments in this, actually. So he basically, I think he wants 25% of like their GDP. I'm just pulling out letters. I don't even know if that's exactly what he said. But <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Everyone freaks out. Essentially, that scene is people freaking out. Like in Austin Powers, yeah. Yep. <laughs> they are faced with their worst nightmare. Someone spoke that line. Oh, okay. Under orders from the Foreign Secretary, Lord Ambrose, M reluctantly reactivates the double O section, and Bond is assigned the task of tracking down the missing weapons. He meets Domino Pitachi, the pilot's sister, and her wealthy lover, Maximilian Largo, Spectre's highest-ranking agent. Bond follows Largo and his yacht to the Bahamas, where he spars with Blush and Largo. Yeah, so we're gonna we learn that uh, the double O section is being started up again. Um, again, we see more scenes of them being a dick. I don't really understand the purpose of his role in this film. It's funny because uh, at one point Bond says that maybe he used a false eye to get the missiles, and they're like, "Be realistic. That is the most ridiculous thing that you've ever said." Yeah, it's 1983, Bond. We don't have that technology yet. Yeah, they might as well have said that. So Bond is sent to the Bahamas. Poor him. Yeah. And we cut to Largo watching a 1980s Jane Fonda workout. Is that is a dirty dancing routine? I'm not 100% sure what's going on. Yeah, she's doing like modern ballet to 80s tunes or something. I don't know what's happening, but... I think it's jazz. Oh, yeah. I don't understand why they call it jazz dancing. Mm-hmm. She, just... did, she did not pull jazz hands. That I know. No, thank God. Um, so the Domino and her partner are dancing while Largo is grossly spying through to a mirror. He seems like a nice enough guy, though, until he doesn't. Like when he's, you know, he's chatting with the, uh, with the NATO, and you're like, well, he seems all right. Like he's kind of, kind of has that original sort of Largo esque sort of charm to him. And then he just, in this one scene, as soon as you're like, oh, he's not a bad guy, and then you're like, oh wait, no, he's a total dick. Yeah, he, he goes like, from Max is there for his domino, and then threatens to cut her throat yeah. if she leaves him. Yeah, you're like, oh, he doesn't seem all that bad. You're like, wait, no, I take it back. Nice guys do not cut your throat. Remember that, ladies. What? Okay. I'm pretty sure that's a thing. I think. You're probably right. So there was a little bit of confusion for me. I thought he'd said the tears of Alan. <laughs> and later on, you see it in a computer screen, and it still looked like the tears of Alan. And I was like, what's the tear? And then... Well, it was an old map, right? Yeah, so the it wasn't looks Alan's a little... tears. Though. No, no. Oh, that was a misunderstanding on my part. I was waiting to find out who Alan was. That's like, you just reminded me of the first time I watched The Matrix. And I had a friend who thought Keanu Reeves' character, Neo, thought his name was Neil. And he's like, why do all the characters have these cool names and his name is Neil? I'm like, it's Neo. And he's like, oh yeah, that would have been way cooler. So I have a confession to make. The first time, actually it might be the only time. That I watched the Blair Witch Project in theater. So, spoiler if you haven't seen it, but it was 20 some odd years yeah, ago. Yeah, it's on, so you. That's on it's you. on you at this point. So, everybody was talking about how scary it was. And I get really scared at scary movies. So I was worried. I was at the theater with friends. But, you know, you remember the ending scene? So, they talk about this witch that makes, like, children kneel in the corner and look away when she kills them. And yeah. then, like, there's a scene where they enter a house. And then the girl goes around the corner and her friend is kneeling in the corner. I thought he was peeing in the corner. Yeah, that takes away some some of the edge. So yeah, the movie ends and I'm just like, 
what happened? Like, I don't understand why everyone was so frightened. And then everyone started talking about the ending and how it was like a callback. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes way more sense. I thought he was just taking a pee because that's the thing guys do. Like, they pee against a tree. They pee in a corner. They can't just, like, free pee anywhere. Oh, it's really annoying when dudes, like, lean on stuff with their hands. They get their hand up. Like, you always see handprints on urinals. Your penis is so heavy that you need to lean forward. What are you fucking doing? (laughs) Like, you need to lean into it so your own spray doesn't (laughs) knock you back like a fire hose. Like, stop being ridiculous and just get your shit over with. Why are we talking about this? Uh, I don't know. Oh, um... The Tears of Alan. Yeah. And misunderstanding things. Alan! Uh, Q, we, we meet Q. Yeah. Algae. Yeah, it didn't really work for me either. But again, it's only one film, so you don't have that relationship between them, really. So that might be why. Yeah, Algernon seemed kind of like a complainer. He was complaining about, you know, government, and he just sort of like had a session to bitch about stuff with Bond. Yep. Um, he's, Bond is given an exploding pen. Yeah, and also Algernon was talking about how the motorcycle may or may not work. Like, he seemed sort of like a, like a younger Q, but not as good. Yeah, he also gives him a watch with a laser. I think his complaint is just that M has cut funding, so he basically is not able to fulfill his, um... His dreams. His dreams of building the gadgets he wants. But then there's a line where he says he's hoping for a gratuitous sex and violence. Yeah, basically, I think they're just trying to set the audience up, uh, like talking directly to the audience. Well, this is what you're going to get because this is a Bond film. Now, do you think that was making fun? Like, are they saying that that's no longer in Bond films since Connery wasn't there anymore? Yeah, essentially, they're making like a jab. A jab. uh, But really, like, there's all kinds of sex and violence in the Roger era, so I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't the um, unwanted sex was dialed down a notch. Yeah. So there wasn't as much sexual assault. Is that what they're talking about? <laughs> That's not a bad Probably thing. for the best, yeah. Not a bad thing. Bond is heading to the Bahamas. Who yeah. arrives to meet him but Mr. Bean? <laughs> yeah. Nigel Smallfaucet. I can't. Like, he's always Mr. Bean to me, and he will never be anything else. He just, he can't shake it for me. Yeah, Roman Atkinson is an incredible actor. Like, I, and I, it's when unfortunate. He, when he does this, he's... I've, I've seen him do other roles, and for me, I don't have to just see him as Mr. Bean. Of course, that's where we go first. Um, but he's really good in serious roles, too. But he's not great in this. It's just like... Eh. No, he wasn't great, and I understand what you're saying, and as good an actor as he can be, it's what I saw him in first, and to me, he can be nothing but that. Bond is informed by Nigel Small Fawcett of the British High Commission that Largo's yacht is now heading for Nice. There, Bond joins forces with his French contact, Nicole, and his CIA counterpart and friend, Felix Leiter. Bond goes to the Health and Beauty Center, where he poses as an employee, and while giving Domino a massage, he is informed by her that Largo is hosting an event at a casino that evening. At the charity event, Largo and Bond play a 3D video game? 3D. Called, we, we just watched it in 2D, that's all. Called Domination. The loser of each turn receives a series of electric shocks of increasing intensity or pays a corresponding cash bet. That was a psychological experiment. Hmm. After losing a few games, Bond ultimately wins. While Dancing with Domino, that would be a good name for a movie, Dancing with Domino. Oh, spin off uh, for her. That'll be the Thunderball remake. <laughs> <laughs> 
While dancing with Domino, Bon informs her that her brother has been killed by on Largo's orders. Bon returns to his villa to find Nicole dead, face down on a waterbed, having been killed by Blush. After a vehicle chase on his Q Branch motorbike, Blush captures Bond. She admits that she is impressed with him and forces Bond to declare in writing that she is his number one sexual partner. That's not weird. Bond distracts her with promises, then uses his Q Branch issue fountain pen to kill Blush with an explosive dart. Yeah, there's a lot to get through on this one. <laughs> well, I think that pretty much summed it up, so we could move on. <laughs> Um, Fatima's intro is absurdly awful. She's water skiing. He's watching her water ski. Oh, that stumble? She goes up a jump and just happens to stumble into the restaurant. Like, what? Like, I feel like she went up a ramp she wasn't supposed to. Like, what the hell? I don't know. She falls into his arms. Yeah. She should have impaled him with water skis, actually, is what should have. Maybe she's doing the barefoot one, maybe. Although you couldn't do the ramp. I don't know. It was terrible. Awful. So she offers to show him around. Yep. So Bond goes onto a boat with her. His shirt is unbuttoned for Jesus. It's down to his navel. He's showing a lot of uh, his Connery magic. Testicle. Yep. Uh, he did, they're they're going to go scuba diving. So he goes down below, takes his shirt off, and she tells him he's well equipped. Yeah. And then he replies, watch out for these guns. They'll get you. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's how it should have went. <laughs> I think... Watch out for my guns, I'll get you. <laughs> That's from Anchorman, <laughs> but it's pretty much what that reminded me of. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. <laughs> yeah. And just the attitude he had when unbuttoning his shirt. But he uh, he does... I will say, though, he looks so much better than he did in Diamonds Are Forever. He does. Like, he, not even the same man, almost. He's a totally different guy here. Yeah. I believe they have sex here, and then they go scuba diving. Yeah, they have slidey sex as the boat is going up and down hmm. on the water. Less work. Yeah. But his wetsuit is at least a lot better than it was in Thunderball. It mm, depends who you're talking to. Doesn't have the short shorts with the or the wetsuit bodysuit with the white uh, booty shorts. With the snap crotch? Yeah. Um, Blush puts something on his tank while they're scuba diving. Yeah, it draws in a bunch of sharks. Yeah, so shar- shar- the sharks have like an electrode in their... Yeah, I don't really yeah, understand I don't, exactly what was it's, happening, it's, but it was attracting sharks. Exactly. I think it was just sort of meant to control them some way or another. But I feel like if I was scuba diving, I would tie my hair. That bothered me. Her hair's just like free floating. And I'm like, I feel like scuba diving has enough potential dangers that you don't want to get your hair caught in anything. So maybe tie that up. Yeah, I think it's probably just part of the character they're trying to have her portray. Well, they love having women with hair down to their waist. Like, that's a Bond thing for sure. True. I like the shark sequence, though. It looked pretty legit. Yeah. I was kind of waiting for the, like, sharks to not be real, but I'm like, uh, these are real sharks, it seems. So, yeah, I really like that sequence. It looked really good. Yeah. So the sharks basically attack him. Yeah, I was just thinking at this point, they're a lot nicer to the sharks in this film than they were in Thunderball, but then there's, like, a... Something, he triggers something to fall on one of the sharks and he gets pinned and then another shark comes after him. So he uh, he sort of feels that thing on his tank and then just gets rid of it, goes back up. Oh, and then he bumps into a lady, we forgot to mention her, but that he saw from the beginning that he was flirting with before. Yeah, um, he sees her fishing, he sees her fishing line and then uh, and takes off, so. So he leaves with her. Sexy time with fishing lady. It was pretty cute. Actually, she had um, overalls on. 
which was hilarious because they get back to the hotel and Sean's wearing her overalls. Which is a whole lot of wrong. Yeah. I just, Give me that shorty robe any day over those overalls. Yeah, I mean, Sean at that age with that hair and all that chest hair. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, the was, idea of it's funny. Yeah, oh, for sure, because Bond's supposed to be suave and he, here he's wearing overalls back to his hotel room. It's pretty so, great. So Blush is partying in the streets because she's gotten rid of Bond. You could even say she's dancing in the street. Yeah, I guess. Let's make a note here for Bowie and Mick Jagger. And this is where um, Rowan Atkinson tells him that Largo's boat is heading to the south of France. Yeah, they cut back to the hotel room and um, bonds with the lady and then... Or doesn't he like come in while they're getting it on or something? Or no, that's I think later. he calls, but the the big thing with this scene here is that it keeps cutting back and forth to an explosive device under Bond's bed. Yeah, oh yeah, right. He calls him and tells him, yeah. Yeah. And you see Bond and the boat lady kind of getting it on, and then you see the explosive device, and all of a sudden something blows up, and then Bond's like, Oh, I guess we chose the right room. Like your place or mine. Yeah. So they were in her room. Which is I, I like that because when um Fatima hits the bomb. She flinches when it explodes, mm-hmm. which I really like the tubies. When she um, gets rid of Jack Sparrow, she hits the bomb there. She flinches there, too. Yeah, like, I did notice that. I'm like, huh, she's not such a badass after all. So at the airport, um, Bond is attacked by Felix. Yeah, he throws like an apple grenade at him. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> He's just there sort of looking suspicious. And then apple grenade. Nope, turns out it's Felix. And turns out that Bond's motorbike has arrived. Yeah, and a big foam clamshell case it was really weird yeah um we cut to a health center where domino is going for a day of relaxation yep she's gonna go for a massage i like that scene because it sort of shows bond's ability to sort of just improvise and, and sort of play along he didn't mind it actually i don't think either one of them minded it no not at all and you also made the comment about austin powers and He's a like, oh, lower, soft, hard, and or softer, uh, soft massage or hard, and he's like, she's like hard, but then a little lower, and then Austin Powers does his bit. Yeah. How about one of your world's famous massages? You, you mean a sensual massage? Right then. Okay. Uh, here we go. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. Something's itching me. That's better. Crikey. How does that feel, baby? Um, lower. How does that feel, baby? 
Uh, Bond does end up running off at that point when her real her real massage therapist appears, and it's, you think it'd be awkward, but Domino again doesn't seem displeased, and she did give him the information that there was a Largo was throwing a, a charity event at a casino. Yeah, the look on her face when she found out was kind of like what, but then she sort of smiled and didn't seem to care. Yeah. For a second, they're like, oh wow, they're going for that rapey vibe uh, from Thunderball, but then it kind of dialed it back a little. I thought anyways. So Bond sneaks into the event at the yeah. casino. Fatima is following him. Yeah, and he's following um he's following Domino. She's gambling, gets up from a table, and then she walks into an arcade behind like a double door scenario. Mm-hmm. She's like, Why is there a casino in an arcade? But I guess it's the eighties casinos were everywhere. Or arcades were everywhere. Uh, I did write down a line where Largo invites Bond to play a game he invented himself called Scategories. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of categories while writing that. I was just thinking it was like a sort of risk slash operation sort of hybrid. Yeah, it was. Except the shock was a lot harder, I think. Yeah. So it's kind of like duck hunt, I guess, where you're shooting <laughs> yeah. places on the map. Yeah, I guess. It's a bit of a stretch. I think it was a really neat concept, but like it's 83. They, it doesn't didn't really get, wasn't really executed all that well for yeah. the film. I think it was a neat idea, but... But, I mean, if we were watching it in 83, we might feel differently about that. True. It's just, as a film, as, as a viewer, you're just kind of like, what the hell? Like, what am I even looking at? This is sort of like a blur. Bond is losing, 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 and then wins. Yeah, he gets his groove back and sort of wins at domination. And Largo seems to be pretty gracious about it. And uh, so Bond actually won $325,000. And he says he'll settle that debt if he can have one dance with domino yeah indecent proposal (laughs) indecent proposal is a million bucks though but apparently what he meant by one dance meant like a dancing with the stars vibe where no one else is on the dance floor except them and everyone's crowded around watching how do they not like how do they tell everybody like hey butt out of this one this is for us only yeah so i think i don't know what they're dancing it's like it's a tango is it a tango i think so no, you're good at this. But they seem to know all the steps pretty well. Like a little too well. I'm like, I don't think that's a standard tango. They seem very much in sync. I haven't tangoed, so I don't know. Well, I guess Domino's a dancer, I suppose. So it makes sense that she can just sort of follow his lead. But like, I the guess that's an MR6 training. The last time I learned moves to a dance was probably the Macarena. And that was a long time ago. Okay. I did a little bit of... Um, Swing dancing with a girl I was dating. We went to the Johnny Favorite Swing Orchestra, and she insisted that I learned how to dance. So it was terrible. It was terrible because uh, I am speechless. <laughs> I never knew this. Yeah. Also, we might have to put up a video. You're gonna have to show me some moves. No. Um, Do you remember? No, I don't. It was. I feel uh, like you're lying. No, I don't, because it was like 20 years ago. And it was so she crowded. Was like riding a bicycle. It was so crowded that it basically like had like a panic attack because like anytime you moved like more than an inch, you'd fucking run into like three people. It was awful. And I'm a little claustrophobic in big groups like that. So mm. yeah, I was losing my mind. It was awful. Mm. So yeah, I'm not going to remember that. Mm. We'll talk about this later. And we will not. We most definitely will. Uh, Domino finds out her brother's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of shitty. Yeah, next we see Cruella de Vil doing this really idiotic <laughs> dance down the stairs. She's like, excited. She f- gets to kill Bond. What the fuck is that? You're like, I get it. Like, you've already 
Yeah, it's just weird. She like celebrates for things before they actually happen, and then it doesn't go so well for her. I guess. Lar- Largo cuts into the dance. Yep. And invites Bond to lunch. Yeah. Um. At that point, Largo tells Domino that her brother's running late. He won't be able to make it for a couple more days. A couple I more guess- weeks. Is that what he says? Yeah. So I guess he keeps this sort of play where he keeps putting it off um, because he's dead. I don't know what his end game plan was because I think he actually, I'm not going to say loved, but I think for him the relationship with Domino was real. So I don't know what the end plan of this was for him with her. It was really messed up, but yeah. Yeah. Essentially. So Bond heads back to his hotel room and noisily eats an apple. Which you notice the grape option. Yeah. He could grab grapes like the original Thunderball, but he opted for the apple instead. It's crunchier. Yeah. And then he calls out for Nicole, crunch, crunch. Also, you know, he's old, so he might need the extra fiber that the apple provides. Mm, it's hard on your dentures, though. <laughs> Maybe he had all his teeth still. So Nicole, unfortunately, is lying dead in the waterbed. Yeah, I mean, was she in the waterbed? I wasn't like... It almost looked like she drowned, but I I think she was just lying on top of the waterbed. I think it's just because it was filmed from underneath. Yeah, I had a waterbed. They're not that transparent. Or deadly. Oh, well, we'll have to do an urban legend podcast, but (laughs) apparently you can get hypothermia if there's no heat in the waterbed. I feel like you'd wake up because you were cold, though. Yeah, really fucking cold. But apparently it'll just sap all the heat out of your body. But I feel like you wouldn't die. You would wake up and be like, wow, I'm really cold. You're like, wow, I got hypothermia. Yeah, I think I almost had that on an air mattress once. <laughs> Maybe. So Bond uh, so Bond finds Nicole. She's dead. And he starts the chase on Fatima. She's fleeing his apartment or hotel room whatever it looked amazing really cool artwork or not really cool design in that hotel room she gets in this really cool renault turbo 5 which i thought was amazing i've never seen one in a film before it was pretty cool it's like a hot hatch from the 80s you probably didn't notice that no i didn't notice any of that he <laughs> has his motorbike he gives chase um all the bike stunts are pretty good it looks really good he ends up getting clothes lined off his bike though essentially well, he does that really cool moment where he like jumps into the trailer or they force him into the trailer and then he turns around and jumps out as they're closing the lid or closing the back gate. I thought I thought the chase scene was really good. So Fatima in her pirate outfit <laughs> yep. has got him. Yeah. She demands his gun and then asks him to write a letter saying that making love to her was the greatest pleasure of his life. Yeah. What? Yeah. Idiotic. And he says, well, there was a girl in Philadelphia. Which is kind of funny, actually. Um, I just like, what kind of a request is that? Yeah, I mean, you've got a secret agent who's obviously getting on in his years. He might not be in the prime of his secret agency, but still, like, just kill him. Just why do you need, like, a a note for the teacher that says you're the best lover? It was so strange. But just, I don't know. I don't know what that was supposed to be. I don't. I don't even know who thought that that was something to, like, whose brain came up with this? They needed a really open-ended way to get that pen to work. He could have just grabbed the pen and shot her. He didn't have to have, like, an opening. Anyway. It's a nice touristy-looking pen, too. It's got a big Union Jack emblazed on the cap. So he shoots her with it. It does nothing. It would have been better if it was those pens where, you know, there's a little hula girl and you flip her and their dress falls off. 
my gyro on this erotic biro. I'm in love with the beautiful lady. If you turn it around, her knickers fall down. It's the greatest thing since Joseph met Mary. Right, yeah. That might work. Yeah, so he shoots her and nothing happens and then eventually blows up. She blows up. It's just a time-delayed reaction. Yeah. And then Bond says, not perfected yet. Not a bad one-liner. And actually, the best, my favorite part of this actually is the getaway. Because Felix, Felix shows up and then the police show up and then they strip down to their boxers. It looks like they're, you know, working out or whatever. So Bond is on the bike. Felix is sort of shadow boxing as he runs down the road. I was like, that's... They're pretending they're training, essentially. Super smart. I was yeah. like, wow, that's really great. It, it just sort of shows their ability to improvise under pressure. No, it was good. It was funny. That's actually one of my favorite parts of the film. <laughs> Somehow. Bond and Leiter attempt to board Largo's motor yacht, the Flying Saucer, in search of the missing nuclear warheads. Bond finds Domino. He attempts to make Largo jealous by kissing Domino in front of a two-way mirror. Largo becomes enraged, traps Bond, and takes him and Domino to Palmyra. Largo's base of operations in North Africa. Largo coldly punishes Domino for her betrayal by selling her to some passing merchants. Bond subsequently escapes from his prison and rescues her. We see Felix and Bond trying to get onto Largo's boat, and then, like, the boat hatch sucks in 007, but locks out Felix. Yeah, so he's alone, and you kind of see him sort of having to shake it off when he gets sucked into the boat and actually stands up. Like, mm. he's quite surprised at what happened there. Yeah, and then they just sort of, he sort of climbs up to the top of the hatch, and then uh, they hand him a robe and matching towel and send him over to meet Largo. Largo Who says... orders in, him some clothes. Yeah, Largo sort of shows him his control room, and they make the comment, like, oh, you could run a small country. He's like, oh, I could run a large country from here. Mm. So he gets the tour of the boat and is told he has the run of the ship. Yeah, enjoy the ship. Which... He trusts him to wander, I guess, like... Well, they're on a boat. Where's he going to go, I think, is the thought. Lock him up. That never goes well. So Domino actually finds him as he's going down the hall and essentially, like, lets him know she has to talk to him. Yeah. So Bond gets cleaned up, meets meets her again, and then they go to the, the dance studio with the two-way glass. So they've got the music cranked up, Largo's spying on them... This is where I realized Tears of Alan was not Alan. <laughs> um, they talk about the necklace. So Bond is basically saying that's just some cheap thing. I don't know what line he was feeding you. Um, so they're essentially having a chat where Largo can't hear them. Yep. And then Bond says, I'm going to kiss you to make Largo mad. I just want a reaction, essentially. Yeah. Which is dumb because, like, Largo is her boyfriend, so why would he not react if he sees someone kissing his girlfriend? Like, they already knew he was spying on them. Yeah, but he really wants to, he wants to sort of... Create a distraction? Create a distraction, sort of set Largo off, see what he'll do. Because Largo sort of comes into that room, right, after them, and then he's able to sneak into Largo's sort of secret control room. Yeah, and he, <clears throat> he sneaks off a message. Yeah, sneaks it off to M. At MI6, telling them uh, that they're going to Palmyra. Right. Largo grabs an axe because that's okay as a reaction. Yeah. But he actually, like, he freaks out when he thinks no one can see him. But on the surface, he's pretending that everything's okay. Yeah, he kind of freaks out at first and then smashes some shit. And then he sort of calms down once everybody else is around. Um, so when they get to his home in Africa, 
they grab Domino violently, they take James away, and she essentially gets tied up to a pole. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's like a definitely like a definite turn. It, it sort of feels like Indiana Jones at that point. A little bit, yeah. I know yeah, what you're like saying that here. old town, and then the men on horse. They feel like they're right out of um, one of the Indiana Jones films. So she is tied to a pole outside. Bond is in a cell a hundred miles in the air with birds. Yeah, cute birds. Cute, friendly birds. Nice condors. Yeah, he's like shackled old school, sort of up there with the condors that are picking over skeletons, and you can hear flies buzzing and things like that. So Bond has his laser watch on, and that's what he uses to escape. While Bond is escaping, Largo plays the waltz that she and Bond danced to earlier on the Ghetto Blaster for her as her sort of last sort of moment with him as he takes off and then the horsemen start bidding and arguing over who gets her yeah so bond is making his escape he's lasering off his cuffs and his leg shackles do you notice that anytime his laser goes through there's like a mini explosion and the cuffs just let go yeah like a pretty that's not how that works but this is how it works for this scene i'll charge up my laser watch see what happens yeah largo leaves on a small boat and bond manages to yank a guard out of the window he hurts a horse. <laughs> I like the I like the dangling trick though. That was pretty good. Like bend the bars. He's got nowhere to go because it's straight down. So yeah. why not just get the guy to come out and yank him? He should have grabbed the. Well, obviously he'd be hard too, but it'd be great if he could have got the gun as the guy was going out the window. But yeah, he was busy with other stuff though. Yeah. Um. So he he grabs a horse and goes to save Domino. They're being chased and they really have nowhere to go. And then there's this completely bonkers jump off a building (laughs) where first of all just the visual aspect of it is completely ridiculous no the really sort of close close up uh as they like oh as they go over the edge no when they're falling okay just the visual of it like i don't know two people on a horse no it just looks ridiculous because it's clearly not real and you see, like, this very far away shot of, like, the tower and this little thing falling. And oh, it's okay. just, it's just really... I was just know. thinking, I didn't pick up on that little tidbit because the camera's fairly close and you just see their faces as they go over the edge. Mm-hmm. And then probably the part you're talking about. And then next you see the horse sort of going in on its back and then those two i hate what they did with the horses on this like at one point he knocks a guard off a horse and the horse like flips over it's just like yeah i mean it's hard to say if the horse was actually did have to jump from all that high up for the shot like i don't mean that obviously it wasn't the horse wasn't jumping off a tower but like flipping a horse over on its back to get someone off of it like even if it's for a scene of a movie it can't be pleasant for the horse Mm, probably not yeah they're pretty heavy. I just I just felt in like the landing in the water thing. I know horses don't mind water, but I'm pretty sure they don't like landing on their back in the water. Well, I mean, if it's a real horse, they would have had to flip it, and it looked like a real horse. Yeah. I don't know how they do those scenes, and I don't really want to know how yeah, they do those scenes. Yeah, let's just leave that and move on and pretend it was a fake horse. Fake horse. Yeah. Fake horse, fake sharks. Anyway, the horse is fine. You do see it swim away. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when the Navy shows up, they should just like picked up the horse on the end of the boat be like we'll be back for you <laughs> yeah we just gotta drop this There's horse no off room on this boat we gotta drop this horse off and then we'll come back for you bond and then celine dion starts singing in the background there you go uh, felix ends up rescuing them 
Yeah, Felix ends up rescuing them, and then they have to put a call in to M at this point. Domino and Bond reunite with Lighter on a U.S. Navy submarine and track Largo to a location known as the Tears of Allah. Not Alan? Not Alan. Okay, that's disappointing. Below a desert oasis on the Ethiopian coast, Bond and Lighter infiltrate the underground facility and a gun battle erupts between Lighter's team and Largo's men. In the confusion, Largo makes a getaway with the second of the warheads, the first already diffused in Washington, D.C. Bond catches and fights Largo underwater just as Largo tries to use a spear gun to shoot Bond. He is shot with a spear gun by Domino, taking revenge for her brother's death. Bond then diffuses the nuclear bomb underwater, saving the world. Bond retires from duty and returns to the Bahamas with Domino, vowing never again to be a secret agent. She's his Tracy in a way. Yeah. The first note I have for this section, uh, section six, is uh, M when he calls Bond. This is M. Oh, and it says, if you survive this, I'm going to offer you lunch at my club. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? No, thank you. I just have, this is M. I'm bullshit. Come <laughs> have lunch at my club. Should you survive? Like, what the fuck? So at this point, they realize that um, Domino's neck, Domino's necklace is actually a map. Yeah, back to Indiana Jones again. Hmm. So they use her necklace to find out that there's some sea caves, um, and that's where they need to go. That's where the Tears of Allah, or Alan, um, is. They find an underground river that leads into a cave, um, and then there's a fight. Yeah, they find some cave missiles and all that jazz. So sort of the same stuff from Thunderball. Oh, we forgot to mention the, I guess we're going to call them jetpacks? Oh, right, yeah. I had a note there. Yeah, I see. We, we uh, my, my note, I wasn't really sure what I was saying. Um, yeah, they have like these weird stand-up like rocket frames. I don't really like phone booths without glass. I don't really understand yeah, what was happening. Yeah, that was weird. They like seem to be real. I don't know. But they did that and then landed and then got scuba gear on. Yeah. It's like you're on a sub. You I needed don't. to swim. Why didn't I you don't. just swim to where you needed to be? I don't know. It didn't make sense. There's a fight in the cave. Bond tells Felix to get back up. Yeah, again, Indiana Jones. Like, it just looked like something. And it looked amazing. It looked really good. Like, even when they were, like, at one point, Bond kicks the, or pushes the head off a yeah. statue. And that's very Indiana Jones-ish as well, I found. Yeah, sort of improvising with the, his surroundings. He notices the crack around the neck and just figures, like, well, I'll just push this off and that'll be that. But with all the the excitement that's happening, um, Largo escapes and basically implodes the cave behind him. Yeah. And then Felix and all the guys have to go back the way they came. And then they airlift Bond into another well where they sort of just drop him. Down he goes. Yep. And he encounters Largo. It's just weird. Like, how did you find him? That's just odd. But okay, let's skip over that. We do see a really good close-up of Sean's leg hair as he's pushing the head off that statue, though. Just wanted to mention that. Okay. (laughs) Whatever floats your boat. My, My note here is that he's using all his leg hair strength to push the head off. Every single one. Yeah. There's an underground or underwater fight between Largo and Bond. Yeah, him and Bond are fighting, and then Bond sort of jams up the uh, the sort of rocket, or the rocket, the underwater rocket sled, sort of jams the controls on it, so it just starts spinning around, and then it pins Largo to the rock, and then Largo's gonna shoot Bond right in the head, and I was like, while oh. he's disarming the bomb, while he's disarming the bomb, yeah, and then Domino gets him, shoots him right in the chest, and he dies. He got the point different film <laughs> again domino's hair is just floating around like it's nothing she's like a epic underwater warrior princess let's tie it up 
That's all I have to say. <laughs> well, she she got the shot off without having to worry about it too much. So it's just a safety precaution. We cut to a scene <laughs> where Bond is being served a drink, but it is not a martini. What is it? A hurricane. Is it? I don't know. Archer drinks them in one of the Archer drinks them in the Sea Quest episode of. I I don't know if a hurricane's actually slushy. Let's Google. Melon balls? Maybe. Maybe? I can't remember. Melon balls, I think. Anyways, I'll look it up. We will have to do an episode where we look up all the stuff we said we're going to look up. That'll mean we have to listen. No, it's not melon balls. Those are green. Oh, it actually might be a hurricane. That's what a hurricane looks like. Yeah, it was definitely a hurricane. Yeah. Oh, we should have hurricanes on Wednesday. Sure. Tuesday. I don't know what goes in it. Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, If we do, we have to listen to um, a country song. Okay. It's made with rum, lemon juice, and passion fruit syrup. It's traditionally served in a tall, curvy... Oh, it's because of the glass that it's served in. It's a hurricane glass. Okay. Um, So yeah, he's being served a hurricane, and he he tells Domino that just politely made him, I would assume, and brought him a drink, Mm -hmm. that he wanted a martini. Well, he says, usually I have a martini every day at five or whatever. So he's just... Some days you got to try different, like, it's it's okay. I'm sure he drank it. He seems pretty happy in his retirement. He did. He was sitting funny in that, like, hot tub, though. You know why, though? Why? Because he's wearing short shorts, and you wouldn't have noticed if he wasn't sitting that way. Mm, maybe. So there you get your short shorts, finally. Mm, it wasn't enough. <laughs> he's too, too covered. So we see someone sneak in. Oh, yes, right, right, right. Mr. Bean sneaks in for the final kill. And pleads for his return. Please come back. Please. But no, he's never going to be an agent ever again. And then the movie's ruined. How? The wink. Oh, yeah, right, right, the wink. It was not great. It just... I mean, the movie wasn't... A wink is never a good way to go. A wink is never a good way to go. Breaking the fourth wall is a risky decision. Breaking the fourth wall by winking at the end of a movie... No. I would always say no on that. Hard no. Yeah, winks just ruin everything. Yeah. For sure. They're usually done by 50-something dirty old men, I guess. Yeah, no, fitting though. <laughs> There's a lot of 50-something dirty old men that listen to this podcast. Yeah, so. don't wink. <laughs> okay. Take my spray bottle out and spray you. You'll be slightly less dirty if you don't wink. Yeah. You'll just be 50, and that's fine. No, the winking part is dirty. You can be like flirty, that's fine. Just don't wink. Okay. Noted. Nobody wink. It's not good. You can blink, though. <laughs> Blinking's fine. You don't want your eyes to dry out. So, out of 10 hurricanes, no, that's too many. Out of five hurricanes, what do you give this film? Out of five? Mm, five being the best. Two. Oh, it's not great. No. Well, it wasn't great. I'd give it a two and a half. <laughs> um, I didn't hate it. Like, if you told me I had to watch it again next week, I wouldn't cry. I'd be like, okay, whatever, it's fine. Um, but it wasn't great. It was watchable. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's not bad. Like it's like it's not great, but it's not bad either. It's 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 very meh. Yeah. Um I think most of the acting was fine. You know, Connery's kind of a little lackadaisical, I think, for the most part, but that's kind of his charm. It definitely wasn't the movie he showed the most acting chops in of everything he's done. That's clearly The Rock, but um <laughs> it was okay. It was fine. It clearly was The Rock, eh? What? Okay. Do you disagree? Yeah. What did you think of Largo? Yeah, didn't especially like him. Yeah, I mean, he was a little, he's definitely a different take on Emil Largo, but yeah, uh, but yeah he was all right. I thought he seemed nice and charming enough. He didn't have that sort of 
Italian sort of bravado that original Largo had, which I, which I really thought defined the character. Yeah, yeah, I preferred original Largo a lot more. I preferred original Domino a lot more. I mean, there's nothing wrong with what Kim Basinger did in this film. I don't think. I think she was really good. I think she was all right. I wouldn't say she was really good. I think she's as good as the material allows her to be. I think mm, possibly, yeah. Yeah, uh, but you can't uh, compete with original Domino at all. I mean, I don't think they could really compete with original Thunderball. <laughs> yeah. That was a pretty good movie. So yeah, it was okay. I would watch it again if I had to. I wouldn't seek it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just okay. What about uh, Fatima Blush? She's sort of uh, this film's Volpe, Fiona Volpe. I don't know. I think she played the villain role very well. She was an oddball little bit of a character that celebrated before she actually did anything <laughs> she should celebrate for. It's pretty maniacal. Yeah, yeah. I think she actually did okay. Yeah, I think she's definitely one of the the plus points of the film for sure, yep. I think. The snake was great. <laughs> the snake was weird. It played its role really well. Yeah, oh, okay. no, I meant as an actor. Okay. Okay, be a snake and just do your thing. And oh, just okay. snake. Do I bite people or crush them? No, no, just be thrown Is around a little. Is that your thing? That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, the snake was fine. Um, the film was okay. Yeah, f- the fight scene in Shrublands was really good. I, it had its highs and lows. Like It had its funny moments and it's sort of really kind of crazy. Like, wow, that's pretty nuts, which I always like in a fight scene. It's good to have balance in a Bond fight scene. The film was more appropriate in the sense of um, like the sexual assault and things that we talked about in the original film. So that was nice that they didn't decide that it was a good idea to repeat that. Yeah. Uh, so I did. I, I can say that I, I appreciated that part of it. I don't think it brought anything to the movie having it in there. So it was great to take it out. Yeah. No. I mean, it's just it is what it is. Like it's just it's a strange one. I think um, I would put it as good as one or two of Rogers films. Oh, there are Bond films that I never want to watch again. Um, so yeah, this, like I said, if you made me, I would. So you put, Others, this, so you put this over Man with a Golden Gun? With a caveat. Like I would not watch Man with a Golden Gun, but I think it was a better movie than this is. Okay. But it's just a personal preference. Like the plot in that movie for some reason just drove me bonkers and I don't I can't stand it. So I'm not saying that this was a better movie than that. I absolutely am not. But in terms of watchability for me, yeah, I'd probably watch it before that. Knowing full well it's a worse movie, it's just I don't I can't even put my finger on exactly what drives me so bananas with men and with a golden gun, but I just can't. We should almost rewatch it so no. you can figure out what's wrong with it. You rewatch it and figure out what's wrong with me. <laughs> I like it, so. <laughs> I don't know. There's just something about that movie. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that was our Never Say Never Again. We just took a little sidebar for that movie. We thought it'd be fun to just do to watch it and see what it was all about because you hadn't seen it before No, I'd either. never seen it before either. Yeah. So um, I know my brother has said he's a big fan of it, and I think we meant to get him on this episode but kind of got off track with that at one point so we're going to talk to him about coming on and maybe making a case for it possibly um so that might be what we're doing for our next episode if that doesn't work out timing wise we'll probably move on to the living daylights which i'm excited to watch okay because i've only seen it twice once and i don't remember anything about it i don't know if i should be excited i don't know anything about this film well a lot of people say that dalton's Bond is like a precursor to Craig's Bond, so. Mm, we'll see what that brings. Dark and edgy. It's kind of blondish. Hmm? Craig. Yeah. I'm not saying his hair. I'm saying the character. 
<laughs> well, he's the blonde Bond, right? Blonde so. Bond. He's the blonde bond show. Try try to say that after 10 melon balls. (laughs) (laughs) Or hurricanes. All right. I think that's all for tonight. All right. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a good night. Good night. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at Another James Bond Podcast. And you can contact us at anotherjbpod at gmail.com. 